It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. Oh, my gosh, happy St. Patty's Day to all of you guys that are tuning in live today. I'm so excited. It was a great day. Uh, the weather is beautiful, and I just, I've had a lot of fun today. So I hope that each and every one of you have had a great day also. If this is your very first time tuning into the Divas That Care, a huge welcome. We are now in our 12th season, and we are listening to it over 30 countries around the world. And it's because of all of you amazing people out there that we've able to do this. So a shout-out to all of you and to the people that have probably introduced you to our, pro- our program because we're so excited about that. All right, everyone. Today, we're going to be welcoming a brand new diva to our family. And I always say that. I've been saying that a lot lately. But it's amazing how many amazing women are coming onto our program and sharing their fantastic stories with all of you. So today, Liberty Miller is in the house. I am so excited about this amazing woman. She is just a bundle of joy. Like, I love chatting with her. And I know that all of you are going to love her, too. So welcome to the Divas I Care, Liberty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am so excited to chat with you today. I, you know what? You are living, you know, a bucket list of mine, and uh, I hope that you share a little <laughs> bit about that because it is so cool. So, Liberty, before I kind of dive into some questions that I have for you, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, well, I live in Alaska. Is that what your bucket list item is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I live in a small town called Seward, Alaska. It's on the Kenai Peninsula, south of Anchorage. And I own a coffee shop that sits on the water, which is, you know, it's a beautiful view, snow-capped peaks, boats. And my coffee shop is inside a train car, which is pretty cool. And the little complex consists of four train cars, retired Alaska train cars, and I own the whole complex. So it's a pretty exciting life. And we had a ton of snow today, so you said earlier that it was sunny where you are. It is not sunny where I am. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what, I was, I was so happy about Well, and the snow is great. I love having snow, but I was, it was nice because we haven't had a lot of nice weather here. It has been a really crazy winter where it's been really cold, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, on St. Patty's Day, it's nice and hot. And I didn't even have to wear a jacket, which was, there's still lots of snow outside, but I didn't wear a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty bundled up right now, sitting by the fireplace. It's quite cold. Oh, my goodness. And that's why you're in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's beautiful. It's been so beautiful. I had to work today. I'm actually still at the coffee shop right now. We're closed, but I hung out here to do this uh, podcast. And, you know, I'm just sitting here making coffee for people all day and watching mm-hmm. the snow fall. It, it's been a good day. Oh, my goodness. That's wonderful. So what made you decide to go to Alaska Liberty? I know that you're not from Alaska originally. So why did you decide to go there? That's right. I'm originally from Oregon. And I came to, an, uh, to Alaska initially in 2003 because I had a cousin who lived here. And she invited me up to spend the summer with her. And, you know, I was in my early 20s and 
decided I needed an adventure. So I drove up the Alcan Highway, the Alaska-Canada Highway, and spent the summer um, in a little town south of Anchorage called Girdwood, living with my cousin and cleaning hotel rooms. And it was one of the best summers of my life. Oh, my goodness. That would be so much fun. And at that age, to be Mm -hmm. doing stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. And you've done a lot of world traveling. Like, it's not – you just haven't gone from one place to another. You've actually – you're a foreign correspondent. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that because that's going to kind of lead into, you know, your book that you wrote. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, You know, I think that first summer in Alaska was the start of my travel. I traveled a little bit with my parents when I was younger. They took me to Europe when I was 17. Um, But, you know, that first summer in Alaska, that was my real adventure as an adult. And it just, it showed me this whole other world. You know, it showed me that I didn't have to stay in my hometown, that I could just get in my car and drive and come to this cool place in this cool state and yeah I was cleaning hotel rooms but I was what 23 I think I was you know and I didn't care that I was scrubbing toilets I was living in Alaska Um, and then I started working on boats and eventually became a foreign correspondent overseas for a marine conservation group and yeah I've traveled the globe on a ship it's been a really fantastic amazing life it really sounds like that. And, you know, a lot of our listeners, that would be like, oh, my goodness, she's done what? Because it's not something that we can even think about. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I mean, here's the back. When I was 29 years old, I was living in Seattle. I was married. I had a corporate job. I was a photographer um, doing product photography. So it's not that exciting. I owned a home, you know, the whole American dream. And at 29, I decided that I wanted more. And so I quit my job and divorced my husband and moved to Japan to accept this foreign correspondent position. And it's been a whirlwind ever since. I mean, it's, you know, it was hard to change my life. It was a really big change. I gave up a lot of security. But the adventure and now the memories that I have, it's been worth it. It's been absolutely worth it. Yeah, you can never get that back, and to live a life like that is extraordinary. So why did you decide to now become an author? You know, I've been really fortunate with the experiences that I've had, and I I say fortunate, but it's also, you know, I've taken a lot of risks. I've given up a lot in my life to have these experiences, and that's just the kind of person I've always been I I go for things that I want Mm -hmm. and sometimes it works out and let me tell you a lot of times it doesn't Um, but my first book The Heart of the Runaway it was published in 2018 but I had actually been writing that book since 1997 (laughs) so it took me 20 years to write this book and I was 16 years old when I started writing it, and I never thought that it would become a book. I've always been a big journaler, and I come from a family of authors and photographers. And um, when I was 16, my, my brother died, and so I started writing about that experience and then ended up having this pretty cool life and writing about that, and it just kind of naturally turned into this book that I published in 2018. 
And then I've written oh several God. other books since then. So. Mm-hmm. so the book is called The Heart of the Runaway, correct? Yes, correct. So tell us a little bit about that because I know our listeners, we love having authors on our <clears throat> on our podcast because they're so extraordinary mm-hmm. in the fact that they've got this way of words, I would say. I love how they describe things. So, yeah, I'm very interested to learn what your book's about. Yeah, uh, it's it's a memoir, so it's about my life. Um, you know, it's about my travel. It's about my brother's death. It's about living overseas for so many years. It's also about relationships that I've had. It's just this pretty brutally honest book about my life and the things that have devastated me and the things that have inspired me and left me in awe. So it's a little bit of everything. You know, it it is very honest. A lot of people, when they comment on it, they say how raw it is. And, you know, so it is very yeah. true. It's, it's There's a lot of heartache in my book yeah. because there's been a lot of heartache in my life. But I've also always been a really happy, positive person. Mm-hmm. And so I do focus a lot on that. And, and that, you know, yeah, my brother died and it devastated me. But I I'm navigated my way through it and found the positive good things in that experience. And then, like I said, I was 29 living this corporate nine-to-five American dream, as they say, and I was Mm -hmm. miserable. So I gave it all up, and I moved overseas. So it's just a very raw look at life and how sometimes it can destroy you, but there's always hope. There's always hope. I love that. And it led you... From there, you actually wrote another book called Our Prison Story. And that one actually is very interesting to me, too, because there's a little bit of background to that. And I'd love for you, if you, if you can, share a little bit about that with our listeners, because I think they're going to find that quite extraordinary. Yeah. Um, so I co-wrote Our Prison Story with two other people. And that book came out just last year. And I co-wrote it with a woman who was a correctional officer, so a prison guard at Alaska's maximum security prison, and a man who is currently incarcerated in that same prison for murder. And then me, a prison volunteer who, you know, got involved in uh, volunteering in prisons because my brother was murdered. So you have this prison guard this person who's doing time for murder and me, a prison volunteer, three people with drastically different stories and who aren't supposed to be friends according to society, who came together and wrote this book, Our Prison Story, which is filled with you know, inspiration and the importance of forgiveness and restorative justice. Wow. A lot of people are probably like, oh, my goodness, she did what? And it's extraordinary because you don't hear stories like that very often. You know, I think mm-hmm. we're bombarded with have these TV sensational um, sh- stories that are happening, right? They they talk about, you see them on movies, you see TV series mm-hmm. or whatever, and it, it's not the same thing. And these are real people with real lives, and you wrote stories about that. And I think that's actually quite extraordinary <laughs> because it's it's a different side to what we usually hear about. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you're right. It is a different side of the story. 
you know, because all we know about, most of us, all we know about prison or about crime is what we see on TV. And, you know, I was volunteering at Alaska's max security prison with with men. It's an all-male max security prison. Most of them are in for murder. And it's so different inside than what we see on TV. I was really surprised by how different it is. And granted, my only experience is this one prison here in Alaska, so I can't speak for prisons around the country or even the world. And one of the things I find quite interesting is that you ended up back in Alaska. You had mentioned that you had gone there for a summer, then you had gone to other places, you had gone to Japan, and then you ended up back in Alaska. What was it that drew you back there? (laughs) Well, if you want the truth, um, it was a guy. (laughs) I was dating someone. I was living in Seattle again after I'd come home from overseas, and I was dating someone who lived up here and decided to move up here to be with him. And, you know, that relationship didn't work out. He's actually back down in Seattle. And I stayed here because I started volunteering at the prison, and it impacted my life in such a great way that I decided to give up my nomadic seasonal boat life and plant roots. And I love it. And that now you own a coffee shop, and it's a bookstore too, or you sell books it in is. your coffee shop, correct? Yeah, I love that. Yes. Why did yes. you decide to do that? Because you know you had talked about you you have these trains these that have been retired, and you have a coffee mm-hmm. shop. Like this is so extraordinary. You go from one extreme to another. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the coffee shop. Um, so, you know, I worked on boats. Um, you know, as a foreign correspondent, I was working on boats. And I love boats. Boats were my life. Um, but in between my time on boats, I would pick up jobs as a barista in coffee shops around the world. And I love making coffee. You get to interact with the coolest people. And it's a really fast-paced job, which I enjoy. And when it came time for me to stop working on boats, you know, I'm I'm in my 40s now, and boat work is really hard on your body. And so I, I had to stop working on boats. And actually going back to that same guy that brought me to Alaska, um, I was on a hike with him, and he was friends with the owner of, of the, these train cars. And he said that she was wanting to sell, and I said, oh, man, that would be perfect for my dream coffee shop. (laughs) And next thing I know, I'm buying four train cars and opening a coffee shop. You know, so I'm in Seward, um, and right as I was opening my coffee shop, the Seward bookstore closed down. And every town needs needs a bookstore. And so I brought in a couple yes. bookshelves and, you know, went to the thrift shop and got books. And, and now it's a bookstore as well as a coffee shop. Oh, my goodness. I love that. It sounds so wonderful. It's living a very peaceful life, it sounds like. Yeah, it's really nice, especially after the crazy life that I had with all of the travel. And, you know, I was I was pretty tired by the time I came home from overseas and stopped working mm-hmm. on boats and, and doing photography. I, I was ready to be in one place. But I wasn't really sure how to do that. And Seward came into my life, and the coffee shop came into my life, and the prison came into my life, and it all just fell into place. And now I've been here year-round full-time for six years. 
This is crazy. I absolutely love your story. I love your journey. I'll be honest with you, Liberty. It's absolutely fascinating to me. And it sounds like a book. You know what? Your whole, like, everything. Like, I know that you've done part of your memoir, but I'm like, you've got to continue. Mm -hmm. This is part two. And all the things that you're doing. Oh, I'm actually working. Yeah. I'm working on a sequel to The Heart of the Runaway as we speak. (laughs) That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I can't wait because I definitely want to read that. Those are the types of books I love to read. So, besides the book that you're going to be writing, what else is new with you? What what other things are you going to be doing in the future here? Oh, gosh, good question. Um, I'm really involved with the Seward community. I'm on the uh, board of the Chamber of Commerce, and my coffee shop organizes and hosts some events every year. Our big one is we do historical walking tours of the local cemetery every October. And oh, I love that. You know, it's a it's a small town. That's like the big event. <laughs> so and it's fun. You know, <laughs> so yeah, we just got our own blend of coffee not quite a year ago. So that's been a, a lot of work on the back end side of things. Um, I wholesale my coffee to most of the hotels in Seward and some of the boats, the Coast Guard, and so now my life really consists of focusing on my business, on my train cars. I actually just turned one of the train cars into a nightly rental. So anyone looking for an Airbnb in Seward, let me know. Nice. You know, it really is. And just to to nurture the sense of community that we have here in Seward, you know, I feel so privileged to be a part of this community and to be – you know, a respected business person. And that's what my life is about now is just nurturing the roots that I've planted. Well, I think you're doing a fantastic job. And you know what? I just enjoyed our conversation so much, Liberty. I hope that you'll come back on our program again and maybe share some more stuff, even perhaps about uh, volunteering in a prison. I would love to. I have a lot to say about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely an, an entire different topic. So we would love to have you back on talking about that. Thank you. Yeah, I would love to come back on. Perfect. And Liberty, one last thing I would love to ask our guests is that is there any mm-hmm. tips, maybe tools, things you'd love to share with our listeners to help them? Oh gosh, um, you know I could probably go on for days about that. Um, But I was just having this conversation with someone right before I jumped on the phone with you. Don't ever let anyone tell you that it's not possible, whatever it is for you. You know, so many people are going to give you the reasons why it won't work out, why it's not possible. But if you believe in it, just go for it. Maybe you'll crash and burn, but at least you'll know. That is perfect advice. Thank you so much. And one last thing, I, I know I kept on saying one last thing, but, you know, you've got your book on Amazon, <laughs> Liberty, and it's... I do. So is there, do you have another website or any other way that our listeners can get a hold of you? Um, if not, we're going to be posting your book, The Heart of the Runaway, uh, on our social mm-hmm. media, and we're actually going to be adding it to our Divas That Care bookstore for all of our listeners that want to go right there and pick it up, too. Um, but is there any, do you have a website or anything else, other ways that our listeners can get a hold of you? I do, yes. Um, So the coffee shop has a website where you can buy my book, uh, both books, and you can also buy coffee. Uh, And it's 13ravenscoffee.com. And it's the number 13, 13ravenscoffee.com. I do online sales through that. 
Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited about that. And what I'll do is that I will link that to our social media too. So thank you so much, Liberty, for taking the time to chat with me. I know that you're an extremely busy woman too. And I just, I enjoy today so much. Oh, same. No, I am so happy to take the time to talk with you. Thank you for having me on. And thank you to everyone who's listening. I'm very grateful for your time. Oh, well, we're definitely happy that you were able to share your a little bit about your story with all of us and to inspire our amazing tribe out there. So I'm excited to, you know, share your book with them and to share everything that you're doing. So, again, thank you so much. And thank you so much to all of you amazing listeners that have supported us, that are supporting our amazing guests and the things that they're doing, and all of our hosts on the Divas That Care Network. Thank you so much. It means so much to us. You know, it's hard to believe that we've been doing this for so long, 12 years. Um, I had the opportunity to share my story a few nights ago on a, on a an amazing Zoom meeting. And and it came to me that, you know, a couple of years ago, we almost stopped doing the Divas I Care. And I am so thankful that we persisted and we were able to continue this amazing podcast because I'm inspired each and every time that I have an amazing person like Liberty on my program And I know that all of you are inspired also. So thank you again for everybody that supported us through all these amazing years. Through the ups and the downs, we appreciate each and every one of you. I hope that all of you have a fantastic evening. And please, please do something kind for somebody. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.